It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Tresangos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Welcome back to the Stacy and Stacy podcast. This is season three, episode two. And this season, we are discussing Alice von Hildebrand's book, By Love Refined. And going forward, we will be referring <laughs> to Alice as Lily, I because that. that's how she signs her name to the letters that she's writing to her daughter, or her goddaughter, mm-hmm. Julie. And we're going to combine two letters today. The first one is called Setting Up House Takes So Much Work. And the second, Lovers Can't Be Concerned with Little Things. And those seem like such, you know, of course, if you're getting married, you're going to set up your house. Of course, if you're getting married, you're going to have to work out the small things. Stacy and I kind of see ourselves as standing in the middle here. So Alice von Hildebrand, Lily, in her older years and her great wisdom was giving advice to a young bride in this book. Mm -hmm. Stacy and I are neither old and wise nor young brides. (laughs) (laughs) And we didn't come into our Catholic marriages, our, our our sacraments of matrimony. We didn't come into this as cradle Catholics. We came into Mm -hmm. it as messy converts yes, yes. with a lot of baggage yeah. trying to understand these things. Mm-hmm. So, so we're trying to add something to the advice that she's given here. Mm-hmm. And in that first letter that you mentioned, Stacy, about setting up home takes so much work. She has one line in there that is beautiful. She says, it should be that mysterious enclosure in which your two lives can take root. Mm, I love that. And see, that's the kind of thing before I was Catholic, I never heard people talk like yeah, that. I didn't really. Now, my parents and grandparents <laughs> modeled it for me very well, but I never really thought about it. It's not something you think about. What does that mean? What does that mean? And, and to be honest, I kind of think about it like this. Um, and this is a concept that I had long before I was Catholic and I had all the language with philosophy and theology to be able to talk about it. Catholicism is all over this stuff. but. Even me, just like materialist chemist me walking around, it was clear to me that there is a whole eternity outside of your head. Like your skin is the border between you and the rest of the world. Right. And there's a whole eternity out there of, of the world and the universe you'll never fully understand. But there's also like this infinity inside yourself where there's things going on in your own mind that nobody else is ever going to be able to to understand either. And it was Mm -hmm. clear to me, like no one's ever really going to know what I'm thinking. Like Stacy right now, do you know what I'm thinking? No, No, no. you don't. You have no idea what I'm (laughs) thinking right now. See, there's this internal, And when you get married, you have to open that part up. And this was actually a big problem with me and Jose. I would, I wouldn't open that part up. And like me, like I wouldn't open me up. I was the facade of my skin Mm -hmm. and, and it, and he didn't get to know. So setting up the house, as this mysterious enclosure and where your lives can take root, it really gets at some fundamental stuff about what it means 
to be married. Jose Mm -hmm. and I obviously clashed because this is my house. This is where things go. And I wasn't even willing to open up to him and see it that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now you really have to learn to communicate. I know Mm -hmm. that when Pat and I got married, we went to some marriage prep classes and one of them was on communication. And it really, it really helped. Even though we were older, um, it really gave us some wise advice. But when you're coming together and, you know, Julie um, is asking, of course, we had talked the first episode about how there's conversations going on behind the scenes that we're not privy to. So mm-hmm. Julie is talking to her godmother, Lily, and asking for advice. And she really wants Lily to learn from her because mm-hmm. she's got a wealth of experience. And, you know, I never think that we get too old to learn and to be mentored. And, um, you know, I know that Stacey, we say that you and I have about a hundred years together, combined experience and and counting, (laughs) (laughs) but you know what? We, we have walked through a lot of uh, poopy things in our lives. 108 now. Well, okay. Let's not, (laughs) let's not keep going there. (laughs) A lot of poopy things. A lot of poopy things in our life. And, and, you know, we, we've gotten our boots dirty and God uses those tough times, right? Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that when we share all those things that we've walked through, all that poop that we've come through, we want people to learn from the dirt that's on our boots. And and the reward for that, the thing that makes it worth it is when we can keep somebody else from getting their boots dirty. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me of the scripture um, that where Joseph says, you know, what the (laughs) enemy meant for evil, God will use for good. And so a lot of the advice, you know, we encourage you to get this book and, and read it because there's so much good advice that she has and you can learn and you can learn to keep your boots clean. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that's possible, but I, you know, in setting up our house Mm -hmm. and and so what we're challenging you to do today is to also think about your own home. Cause this is something I know I bypassed in my own marriage. I did not think about it and what it leads to. So here's my wise advice. What it leads to, if you don't think about setting up that mysterious enclosure where your your marriage can take root, then your marriage won't have a place like that to mm-hmm. take root. Mm-hmm. And so what what not having these conversations about what do we want in our home? I'm, and I'm serious. What kind of TV do we want in our home? What do we want the lawn to look like? All these things you have to give and take. And when you bypass all of that, one of you is going to end up feeling like a stranger in your own home. Hmm. And Jose and I have been married over 20 years now. And there have been times when that was precisely the problem, but neither one of us could articulate it. There were times when I felt like a stranger in my home there were because nothing was the way I wanted it. And I had certain needs and wants I was afraid to ask for. And I know, especially in his working years when he was gone and I was home with the little kids, he felt like a stranger in his Mm. home when he would come home. Mm -hmm. And so we did not even think about this. Mm -hmm. The thing I like in her book is that she takes a middle ground. She doesn't say have it your own way. And she doesn't say lay it all down and make sure everything's his way. She says, you've got to communicate about it. Mm-hmm. Communication is huge. And, 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 and I think, you know, don't be afraid if to have your, to create your own mm-hmm. space within your home. I think that's so important. You know, you want to of course blend everything and, 
And I think we go into it when we first get married and think about how exciting it is, like we said, to, to blend everything. But it's OK to have your own space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we are up here in Stacy's space in her house. Yeah. It's, it's so neat. you got like your own little she loft. I do. I do. I do. And Pat has his space. You know, he's, he's outside. I take care of the things inside the house. He takes care of the things outside the house. And so he's got his space in the barn. <laughs> in the barn. And, and Jose has the shed and the attic in our house. And I have the office in our house, but we do guard those spaces. And I'm also very particular about the community space. So So we're a little further along than being newlyweds trying to figure out the pots and pans and the sofa and the things we hang on the wall. We're into the years where we now even have teenagers roaming the house. And I, I have learned the importance of guarding that mysterious enclosure. It's not just me and Jose anymore. It's me and Jose and a whole lot of kids and dogs. Yeah. And you know, that, that's so true, Stacy. because like when you have a house full of kids and, and honestly, you know, Natalie's about to graduate and we are going to be empty nesters, you know, so, so to speak, but my mom lives with us. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when, whether you have a a mother an in-law living with you or whether you have a house full of kids, you also have to find that private space for you guys, for for both of you. You have to find that place Um, and you have to make time for yourself because you want to be able to enjoy time together in the midst of all the chaos that's going on, the beautiful chaos that's going mm-hmm. on in your homes. <laughs> and I, ins- I insist with our kids um, that they know I nag about this. I do nag and, and maybe I need to explain to them why I'm nagging about the sanctity of our home, but I don't allow stuff in the community spaces. So we, mm-hmm. we live in a pretty small house and we have one, two, three, four, sometimes five kids in our house. Mm-hmm. And we, we in the living room, the kitchen, the, the, where, the area where we eat in the dining room, I do not allow their stuff. So your shoes can't be in there. Your backpacks can't be in there. Your games can't be in there. Now, there, there usually are some of those things, but there's also me nagging. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. Like you can't leave your personal things laying in the community area. You need to take it back onto your room so that everybody can enjoy this community area together. Or mommy's going to get out the laundry basket and put it in there and you won't see it for two weeks. Then you can have it back. (laughs) But but, but that, that is our way of protecting that space. And I never really thought about it that way until reading what Mm -hmm. Lily wrote to Julie that you do need to have those spaces, yeah. even even like when you're trying to figure out what to do with the yard. And, and you have you have conflict sometimes, right? You, you do have conflict. You know, I remember one time I was just thinking, I remember one time Pat and I were trying to find some alone time and and um, we loaded up in his truck and we went out in the pasture. <laughs> it was nighttime and we took his computer and we had a bowl of popcorn and we went out in his truck and we watched a movie in his truck and it was so much fun but it was just finding that time alone in you know the finding pasture. that yeah in the pasture which is this part of our home you yeah. know this is part of our yeah. home <laughs> um okay so the second letter that we have is lovers can't be concerned with the little things. And there's a story that oh boy. <laughs> that she shares. It's the soap story. And she talks about how her husband would leave the soap swimming in a small pool of water. And Dietrich would, von Hildebrand, this is. <laughs> oh my goodness. She would just think it was so 
unappealing, she called it, the slimy goo. She drew it to his attention. She talked to him about it. And you know what? From that day on, he made a point of drying the soap and not letting it just um, disintegrate there. And to the point that she couldn't tell if he had even washed his hands or not. And, you know, I think that is so um, when we don't want to let the little things bother us. You know, we don't want to focus on all the negativity. You know what we I say all the time, what you focus on grows. Gross. So you don't want to focus on that negativity. But I just think that is such a sweet story because it was such it a is. little thing. But he went out of his way to make sure that she felt seen. She felt heard. He dried the soap. He dried the soap. He did his part. In she even said her that feel he came to prefer dry soap as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> see. <laughs> It grew on him. <laughs> it's, it gets, it relates back to being comfortable in your own home. Mm -hmm. She says in this letter also uh, where lovers can't, can't be concerned with the little things. She says, relate the small things to love. So this yeah. is something that she does a lot in this book. She not only takes the middle ground between extremes, which is kind of counter cultural to some of the marriage advice you hear elsewhere today, um, like the wife does everything or the wife does nothing. You, you both have to give and take. Mm -hmm. But she talks about these small things, too. She's not saying either forget all the small things. Don't ever let the small things bother you. And she's not saying bring up every small thing like the soap that bothers you. She's saying, I think, um, and I've lived it take now, take the middle road. Like you do have to discern which small things you're going to elevate to big enough things to talk about. Mm -hmm. You can let some small things go. Like you shouldn't say, Oh, well, I need to be asking my husband. I need to find the dirty, the, the squishy soaps in my house and make sure my spouse, mm -hmm. husband or wife knows I don't like this so that, that that person can change it. Mm -hmm. She's not saying that. Mm -mm. Don't do that. Don't become a nag like that. But also don't become um, resentful because you hold these things in. And there were this actually. So I'm, t I'm saying what happens when you're a messy convert and you come into marriage and you don't have Lily writing to you because you're not Julie. Ugh. And um, you don't have an older woman have been telling wonderful you. to have Lily write. We needed it. Letters. I had mm. to learn it the hard way. Yeah. It took nearly nearly 15 years of marriage to learn it because I was harboring so much resentment over so many little things mm -hmm. that um, that I was about to blow up our marriage. And I and I had to learn how to talk to Jose about it without without turning it into without being like the pressure cooker that just vented everything all at once. There's an article that I thought about reading this letter in the Atlantic recently, and it's like gone viral, especially around the Catholic sphere, um, written by a man in the Atlantic, a dirty dish by the sink can be a big marriage problem. And he's saying for years, he kept leaving that glass by the sink, a little thing. Mm -hmm. And his wife would ask him not to leave your dirty glass by the sink, just wash it and put it in the dishwasher or put mm -hmm. it away. And he never would do it because he admits in his own mind, he was thinking, that's such a small thing. She needs to change. Exactly. I don't need to change. I don't need to make this change for her. And he says, the reason that my wife divorced me is because I wouldn't make that small change. Now, I'm not sure I totally agree with this. And I, but I think maybe this is what he's the point he's trying to make. There, there should have been a better way to deal with it. I saw this article and it resonated with me because Jose and I actually went through that. I think there, it looked like there were small things that were about to blow our marriage up. 
but it wasn't just that small thing. It was a whole, and he does compare it. It's like a whole bunch of little cuts over the year until you're bled dry. Mm -hmm. And right. And it, it does feel like that, but here's what happened. So Jose and I didn't divorce over that stuff, but it definitely nearly drove us apart. Uh, here I am in counseling. I'm ready to blast everything. Like this is all the reasons why we're not going to make it. And it's him, 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 mm -hmm. him. And this is what I, I had held in so much resentment. And so had he, that we were just ready to blast each other. The counselor's like, no, we're going to talk about small things. I'm like, no, we're not. I'm out of here. I'm not talking about small things. The house is burning down. You want me to talk about the small things? But that's what the counselor, the advice. Now, if you've been to marriage therapy, you probably know this is typical advice, but I didn't know that at the time. The therapist said, what are some, he gave us a homework assignment, write down some things you'd like him to change. And it and at first I was like, I want you to stop doing this. I want you to stop. Mm -hmm. doing that. Like it was big things. And the counselor's like, no, small things. What are some small things? And it would have been something like, don't leave the dish by the sink. Mm -hmm. But the counselor made us talk to each other tell him how you feel when he does this. And so I wasn't very good at it at first, but the counselor made me say to him, these are some things I want you to do and made me tell him what it feels like when he doesn't do those things. And the counselor said, all right, now I want you to see if he does it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, then I can't be mad anymore. Yeah. Then I can't be mad. <laughs> and so, you know what he did? He did those things. That and yeah. it started to build trust mm -hmm. and we picked up steam from there. And today, if there's some, I know what Lily's talking about today, because today I know myself well enough. If there's something he's doing and it's really going to get under my skin and I'm going to be resentful, I trust him because I know he wants me to tell him that. And I know he will change because he cares about me that much, mm -hmm. but he also trusts me not to be um, petty about things either. Right. And right. so it, it took, it took some, it took like you, you were saying it, you, you can, uh, you can't build a marriage in a day. You can't, you can't build a house in a day and you, and, and a family's not destroyed in a day. A house isn't, you know, destroyed in a day. It takes time. It's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. I mean, it take it's those little cuts over and over Yeah, and it, it builds and it builds. And again, if you're focusing on the negativity, you're going to focus on that and that's going to get bigger and bigger. All you can see is that cup. That that cup that yeah. he's not putting in the, right. in the dishwasher. Or I whatever. feel so disrespected. <laughs> right, but but by you know him thinking, oh, that's not that big a deal. Why should I have to do that? And she's thinking, okay, if it's such a little thing, why not do it? If it's such a little thing and it means such so much to me, why not do it? Mm -hmm. Because if if she can't trust him to hear her heart and see her heart and do that one little thing for her. How can she trust him to do the big things? And that's how women think. And that's how women think. Women do think this way. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. And I know men probably think, well, that's just a little thing. But it does add up. And it and it is something we, we do want to be seen. We want to be heard. And we've got to be willing to make those changes, too. So, mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, one of the things that I do that really bugs pat is i put the toilet paper on upside down i put it on backwards you put the toilet paper on backwards i don't even know what backwards means over or under which one we don't even have the holder that's, i just throw it on the floor that's the question of the day over or under i don't we don't we don't even have that we just set it on its side and that, and that, but this is a small and did you it, I, I try so hard to do it but sometimes I just forget what was it now was it over or under what is the right way 
over, I think. Over. Yes, like oh the my, toilet paper should come, come over. Okay. No, un, no, over. Oh my goodness gracious. Okay. I struggle with that. You know, another thing was I, I am the kind of person that's going to push the tube of toothpaste in the middle. So you know what we did? We buy the plastic bottle, the little squeeze thing. So now I can't press it in the middle. It's not the tubes anymore. So, you know, little things like that. Little things. Yeah. I heard someone say, I read it in a book and I cannot remember. It was a fiction book I read many years ago. But the in the story, the younger person in the story was admiring her parents because she said, it's like over the years of them living together, they've they've smoothed the rough edges off of their whole lifestyle. Mm. Like the dad's um, recliner is mm -hmm. where the recliner goes. This is the basket where his newspapers go. This is where the remote goes. Like their house was very functional. So this, it was a story about a young person going back home and she was recognizing because she was trying to live on her own and she went back home and she was recognizing how the parents have smoothed the rough ed edges over the year. I think about rocks in a tumbler, mm -hmm. how they oh, get yeah. smoother mm -hmm. and shinier. And she's like, my parents have, they had refined their home and their way of living in it to where it was very comfortable. And, and I've seen that with my own parents. And I actually, looking back on 20 something years of marriage and watching some of my own kids try to set up their own homes. Now I see that that's happened. Like Jose and I have naturally through it all, you know, mm -hmm. there are some things that we do us. We do. We, yeah. <laughs> we do us. Yeah. And um, I understand it. And I just don't think it, it's kind it has kind of become a little glue that binds us together. It's definitely become something that if he died, I would miss. Right. Right. Well, and that's the, that's the same with me, with Pat and I, when we got together, trying to figure out our routine, trying to figure out our, our own place, trying to figure out our place together, just trying to figure out, you know, how we communicate and, and, you know, now we have our routine and we know where everything is and we work together as a team. And I am a morning person and Pat is a night owl. And I used to get so upset when he wouldn't come to bed with me. And I was like, but I'm going to bed. You need to go to bed too. Come sit in bed with me yes. while I do my things. <laughs> Cause we don't go to sleep. No. <laughs> but, but you know, and, and he would say, well, I, I get up, I want to talk in the morning and I want to, you know, when he gets up in the morning, I'm like, yeah, he's up, he's up, but he's not well ready to talk about things. He needs to wake up. He's mm -hmm. just not a morning person. And, and so we've kind of learned that it's okay if I go to bed earlier than him and it's okay if I get up earlier than mm -hmm. him and we just make it work. But you know, that is part of two becoming one mm -hmm. in, in that area, you know, two becoming one in, in life and the little things that matter so much to one another and that give and take and that compromise and that just working things out and communication is so important in order to do that. Yeah. It, you can't, we really can't say that enough because mm -hmm. at one of our worst moments, the therapist said to us, I mean, I've said last season on the podcast, Jose and I were actually separated for nine months mm -hmm. and, and it was, it was a blessing in retrospect because we learned we, we kind of broke free from all that toxicity and we, and we started over and um, we're always planning to stay together. We just needed a little time apart to, to get a clean slate, but, um, but learning how to communicate, the therapist said communication is your problem. And I was like, no, it's not. All these other things are the problem. <laughs> It's all the let me communicate real well. <laughs> I'm communicating. I'm telling you. Let me tell you what I think are the problems. But she, but she ended up being right. It took like five. I'm not kidding. Five years before we 
actually understood that, but I'm saying it from the other side now. Mm -hmm. Like I understand what Lily's saying now. I don't think I would have understood it mm -hmm. um, as a convert coming in with all my baggage. We'll talk about that later when converts become mm -hmm. in come into Catholic marriages. I understand what all of that means now about you've, you've got to discern what you're going to complain about. You've got to think about that other person and Hosea and I are on the other side now. I said the other day, we actually don't have fights anymore. We don't. It's been years. We disagree all the time. I never feel resentment building up. I totally know if I'm starting to feel resentment, I can take responsibility for my resentment because I know he's going to hear me. Mm -hmm. That was the problem before. I didn't think he would hear me. And by the time I would vent it out, it was very hard to hear. So he wouldn't hear me. And yeah. I had an obligation. I know now if there's something that's really bothering me, I can say, honey, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm just being weird, which is 99% of it. It's just like, I am very, things mm -hmm. have to be this way. And, and I've learned to like, honey, I know this is totally crazy, but it really bothers me when your backpack is laying there because the kids can't have their backpacks there and you kind of pick your backpack up too. So here, can, can you take this from my hands now and take it upstairs? And, and it, but then it becomes a funny thing, you mm -hmm. know, like I'm mm -hmm. taking responsibility that maybe I'm being a little bit crazy, but he's also, I make it easy for him to say, of course, of mm -hmm. course, honey, I'll be happy too. And then we laugh about it and we giggle. And some, and you know what actually happens is then when I see like, for example, his backpack laying in the kitchen the next day, I just laugh about it. It mm -hmm. doesn't even bother me that mm -hmm. much anymore. Mm -hmm. Second day. Yeah. I'll probably say something, but the first day. So it, you do, you do start to mesh these things. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I just, one last thing. I really think that marriage is sacrificing we sacrifice our comfort. We sacrifice the things that we we want. We sacrifice for one another. And, you know, I've got to be willing to change for you. And I appreciate the things that you're mm -hmm. willing to change gratitude. for me. That gratitude and that sacrificing and just, you know, goes back to willing the good of the other, just willing. loving one another. Mm -hmm. So it's your turn uh, in your home. What are things you can do to establish your own space? What are things you can do to make sure that the home is this mystical enclosure where your marriage can take root? And the little things. What are some little things? Maybe if there's some little thing you've been harboring and it's really kind of grown into a big thing in you and you need to talk about it, you need to ask your spouse in a kind way to make this change for you. What, what would that be? Like be honest about it and mm -hmm. think about ways to talk to your spouse about it with mm -hmm. kindness. And Lily is big on this throughout the book. Love, let love be what guides you. Love the other one. Say it in a way that can be received. Mm -hmm. Say it if you real if it's really something you need. Say it trusting your spouse to do that for you. And be willing to ask, what can I change and for you? Absolutely. Which is something I am working on this this right now. I'm 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 really working on listening, gazing on Jose as God would <laughs> to be like, stop staring at me. Whooping me. <laughs> stop whooping me. But I, I am trying to pay more attention and, and learn about him and ask him, what are some things I can do for him? And the, that's the beauty of it. Even after 20 years of marriage, when I do something like that, he's like a little boy, you know, he's just so grateful to that, that I care. It means a lot. Um, so that's your, that's your homework. 
what can you do? What can you think about? We encourage you to buy the book, um, Buy Love Refined Letters to a Young Bride by Dr. Alice Von Hildebrand. A.K.A. Lily. A.K.A. Lily. <laughs> and let us know what you think. You can find us on our website. There's an email address, info at stacyandstacy.site. And our website is stacyandstacy.site. So go there, contact us, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know what you think. I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Tresenkos. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. Bye.